What's up, Cartel? We have the beautiful Whitney Fox on the show today. Um, we talked about, like, my health. Uh, you know, like, the things that I could probably do to alleviate my symptoms and shit like that. Um, and then we got into, like, a little bit of uh, trauma, past trauma, and uh, the history of... Uh, of our lives and how that could relate to our health too right so and then we got into poltergeists and then it really quickly got into like uh sexuality and pornography and uh it we kind of went a little bit of a, a, a deep dive into sexuality and pornography actually so take that uh with what you will and uh Whew. Just you know, you know what you know what it is. It's always a wild, wild ride on the red, red pill cartel. So, uh, smoke a dupe, drink a beer, do what you got to do, and uh, relax and enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I'm your host, Davy Wavy, and I have Whitney Fox here today, and uh, she is like. A jack of all trades when it comes to everything in the game. Uh, she's an artist, a medium, uh, a healer, you name it. Welcome, everybody. Miss Whitney Fox, how are you today? I'm really good, Davey. Thanks for having me. And I'm sorry, I don't know if you're a miss or a missus. I'm a missus. Okay, so Miss yeah. Fox. There we go. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so... Um, we were chatting beforehand here and we were just, you know, uh, talking about all kinds of different things. That's, uh, you know, about my show, about other people's shows, uh, about the whole podcasting community and how it feels like, um, there's like this kind of new Renaissance for podcasting where people are just starting to realize that they can speak the truth and they can use this platform without having any fear uh, in doing so. And, you know, I had a lot of fear as well before I started. And then I started realizing, you know what, nobody's judging me. And if they even did, it doesn't fucking matter. You know? (laughs) Absolutely. What Um, do you think, what are your thoughts about like people holding themselves back because of fear? Oh yeah. Fear. I mean, all there is is love and fear. Right. And if you get to the bottom of fear, it's just, uh, you know, looking for love. So as cornball as that might sound, you know, fear, um, not to sound too like, uh, full of myself, but you know, fear really is just an illusion. You know, it is. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like programming, you've been programmed to think that you're supposed to be a certain thing or a certain way or, uh, you know, at, at a certain place, you know, or fear of humiliation and, you know, even fear of pain but you know i've had some experiences where i saw even pain was an illusion even physical pain so yeah you know i'm having this issue right now where um excuse me um i have like a pinched nerve in my leg and my job is very physical like i have to walk a lot and this pain is like kind of hindering me in a way right where i have to sit down every like 20 minutes or so. And then it relieves it. 
and then I'm good to go for another half an hour or whatever. Mm. Then it kicks in again. But then I try to like train my own mind to say, nah, I'm, I'm better than you, you know? <laughs> Walk through it. And I try not to limp, you know? I'm just like, I just keep plodding along. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Don't, don't let it get me to the point where I can't do what I got to do, you know? Yeah. Was it an injury or just started on its own? It's, it's probably because I'm having uh, quite a bit of weight gain. Uh, I read up about it. It's like it started off as like this kind of uh, numbness in my upper thigh. Mm-hmm. Now it's to the point where it's like it feels like it's on fire. Yeah. So have you done any looked into or read up on or e- even heard of like the whole mind body connection? You know, I'm sure you have where. Yeah, for sure. Whether you could call it psychosomatic or you could call it a psychological or trauma-based like subconscious you know something that you're holding on to and it's expressing itself in your body right I mean you know like there's you know I feel like I've had some proof in my own life that that is the case when I've let go of whatever it is I was hanging on to the pain goes away or the ailment goes away you know, like, um, like a certain, uh, maybe an addiction or something or an addiction. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I've had it a few times and then, you know, so one that comes to mind, you know, this is the most recent one because I was already hip to that. This is a thing. This is a possibility of, you know, some sort of, um, trauma that you repress and then it comes out in a physical way. And, you know, you have to, continue to sort of have these traumas until you figure out how to heal from it and the physical ailment clears up. So, you know, I could be criticized of, you know, I have been criticized having this conversation before with an extended family member. And she's like, well, sometimes bad things just happen to good people. And I was like, I don't know. It's much deeper than that. Cause yeah. you're playing around like past life trauma, you know, and you were shot in the back or, and that's where the backache is. It's this, you know, uh, that's sort of generalizing or maybe even oversimplifying it. But um, I, I've been a runner my whole life. And so my hips are always super tight, you know, you know, do what I can. But um, I went to a Vipassana uh, retreat, which is, you know, a deep form of meditations, uh, 10 days of silence and 11 hours a day of meditation, pretty heavy. And um the uh, teacher, you know, it's, it's taught through uh, like um, um, recordings of this uh, original teacher, S.E. Goenka, who brought it uh, to the West. Um, and there's a certain uh, part, a certain day that you get to, and he talks about how um, he, get, he wants, you know, like, I think it's maybe day five or something that, you know, you're instructed to have some sits I think they're an hour and a half long uh, of what's called strong determination where you, you try not to move a muscle. You know, if, if you have an itch, you don't scratch it. If you have a pain, you don't move. It's Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And so, you know, an hour and a half in one position and if you've got any this or you got any that, and you know, very, very tempted when you're first learning this to like, just want to scream inside, you know, um, after yeah. you learn it, you know, not so much. You understand that those things that are happening to your body are really a gift to teach you discipline. Um, I, I'm sorry to cut you off for a second. Can you hear that? 
Yeah, what is that? This is a car outside. <laughs> it's like speeding down the road and like being oh, obnoxious. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Continue yeah. on. Sure. Okay. No problem. So this was my first of Vipassana retreat and we got to when we started this strong determination and my uh, one hip was on fire and I was like, damn it, I'm doing this. I'm not moving a muscle. I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm going to do this no matter what. And so what I decided was to actually focus on the pain, like give all my attention to this pain and it's just on fire. Can't even, I can barely stand it. And I got, I, I couldn't tell you how much time passed, but an amount of time passed and the pain disappeared. I mean, completely disappeared. And so even you were focusing on the pain itself. Yeah. All of a sudden I would just, just sort of sitting there trying to go back into the regular, you know, uh, you know, silence of mine and everything. And, um, you know, I was in shock and it was just like the instructor said, you know, your pain will disappear because it's an illusion, you know? And so I learned, and I had had previous to that incidences in my life where I had learned that some illnesses and um, pain are repressed trauma. So when you go to these retreat, these Vipassana retreats, it even says right in the little guide of what to expect, it's like five pages long and it's very humble and essentially says, you know, don't be surprised if illnesses disappear, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip. I'll send you the link sometime and read through. Yeah, for sure. They're, um, they're amazing. Everyone should do a Vipassana retreat at least one time in their life because it's brutal, but it's, you know, like, just like things like that, you learn like, oh, wow. So uh, if, if physical pain is just an illusion, what other pain is just an illusion, you know? Right. When we go, like I had said earlier, if you go around and you don't think you look good or you don't, you know, you're not smart enough, you're not blah, blah, blah. But who, somewhere you picked that up along the way. When you were a baby, you were, you were perfect. You know, like you didn't care. Right, right, right. You know? These are learned things throughout your life. It's not, it's, it's not um, factual, but it's all illusory. All illusory. Well, it's, right? it's like racism. You're not born racist. No. You learn it. Right? That's right. And, but as you, you know, that's why the whole adage, I think maybe Descartes, um, know thyself. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Like, how are you going to know yourself until you break down all of the programming? And if you don't right. acknowledge you're getting programmed, you know, like how, how was one supposed to know thyself? So I think that's part of the big overarching conspiracy is, you know, us, you know, magical beings, if we've got these overarching control systems then you know if they continue to keep programming then we're not going to know thyself and then understand that we're you know that they're full of shit and that there is no fear and you know it's all of that is no you know i think even the fear of dying is is included in that you know definitely because honestly it's like everybody fucking dies you know so why do you have to be scared of it? You know, it's a process. It's a, it's a cycle, you know? Right. right. Why we're, are we so scared of death? I mean, that's not the thing, you know, uh, 
drug and drink yourself into oblivion and, and, uh, you know, but like you want to feel good while you're still alive. Right. 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 <clears throat> but at the same time, it's like feel people who are depressed all the time and uh, whatnot. I've overcome a lot of depression and anxiety in my life. I had it so bad to the, to the point where like, I couldn't wake up in the morning without feeling like, I was going to like have a heart attack right on the spot, you know? Right. Then I, I I learned to just train my mind to to think like, it's all in your head, dude. You know, that's exactly it. It, You know, and it sounds trite in some ways, especially if someone is actually really suffering to just be like, no, it's not all in my head. This I am in serious pain or, depression you know i've had depression through my life as well and you know i think some of it was chemical hormones and stuff you know being a woman that's your hormones really put you through the ringer you know but uh so i think also i think you know some people do have the clinical uh i've seen it i've had a pardon me family members and you know i I have an old friend and he really should be on medication so i think there's exceptions to that rule oh for sure like for myself um, I have I have Crohn's disease and I don't know like I, I know what I should be doing to get to like you know ease it but I don't because I'm stubborn uh, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time I realized that scientifically uh, serotonin which makes you feel normal and balanced in your brain is produced in the gut Right. And when I get when I get a flare up with my Crohn's, I get super depressed to the point where it's like I can't do anything. And so I got on like a very basic antidepressant antidepressant antidepressant. It's a low dosage, but it balances me out when I do have a flare up, so I'm not as depressed, right? Yeah. Well, therefore, I do know that my depression stems from a chemical imbalance a chemical imbalance and you part of knowing, knowing is when you have any sort of anxiety you're releasing so many chemicals your own body is releasing so many chemicals that are like fighting against itself you know um yeah. that's what what you know i went through with like a hormonal thing and because i would when i was going through that <clears throat> I, I would just be releasing all of, all of, you know, adrenaline and cortisol. And, and then that would throw all of my hormones out of balance even more, you know, but, you know, I think also part of it though, you know, that whole mind body connection, there's a, you know, there's a word magic to it as well. So like, you know, what kind of, you know, like what you do with the podcast and stuff, you know, like with Crohn's, it's a, it's a, a, a digestive disorder and it, it very may well be because you're passionate about not digesting what we're being fed, you know? So if you have any sort of anxiety about that, you know, while you're looking around in this world that is, you know, become so dysfunctional, it, it might very well add to that, whether it's just, you've got an adrenaline dump or, you know, cortisol or irritation or something. And then it, and then it's just this vicious cycle, you know? So, right. right. Like I, what I've noticed, it's crazy. So if I eat like shitty food, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) If I try to eat 
like good food, like vegetables, this and that. Forget it. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm ready to go to the hospital. Really? Wow. Crazy. Yeah, because obviously you'd think it'd be different, but right. you know. But then I get people saying, "Well, you have to have your, you, you have to get your body to adjust to the good foods," and I'm like, "Yeah, like but I can't." <laughs> I would be curious, like if you got a hormone panel done, what it tells you, you know, you know. I don't know if you ever had. You probably haven't. You know, nobody. I haven't. Nobody, no. Nobody knows how magical the hormone panel, and it. You have to go to like a naturopath. Your doctor's going to be like, "What are you talking about?" You know, which is, okay. um, you know, so um. But they show you a lot of stuff, you know, like it shows your testosterone levels, your estriol, like um, all of the hormones. And if they're out of balance, um, then one thing adds to another thing, adds to another thing. Just like you said, you know, like your gut, you know, so um, if, you know, the diet is always like a really good indicator too, you know, things that you can tolerate and what you can't, it's like, you know, the, the second brain is trying to tell you something, you know? Yeah. When did it start? I'm just curious. Oh, man. Okay. okay, so I'm turning 43 next month. And it started for me probably in my mid-20s. Did, was, there an, uh, was there an event around it? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Just curious if there was um, some sort of, that you don't correlate, you know? I had, uh, I had. I, I had a great uh, upbringing. Um, uh, my 20s was were good. Uh, nothing traumatic that I'm aware of, you know. Nobody passed away? Nope. Interesting. Sometimes. Maybe I had a friend pass away when I was in like my early 20s. Uh, but it wasn't like. Super tight. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. It was like really upsetting, of course, but. Nothing traumatic, like, oh, my God, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing, like, life-changing. Right, right. Uh, I even had to, I started know, getting symptoms of, of my Crohn's in, um, uh, when I was in my first year of college. Hmm. And my second year, the second half of the second year, which was the last semester, I had to drop out because I could not focus on anything. Because uh, my symptoms were just overtaking me. I wonder if you were just in the wrong place. <clears throat> you know, the college itself. Well, I, you know, I definitely loved the people that I interacted with, my, associated myself with. Uh, but I did not, uh, I totally lost interest in what, I, what it was I was studying because I just knew it wasn't for me, but I was just kind of going along for the ride, you know? But at the same time, my symptoms were just like kicking me in the ass. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore, you know? So I dropped out. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't necessarily correlate one with the other, other than like you just couldn't stay. But perhaps it's just, it's hung on all of these years, you know? Yeah. But like now I feel much more content with life. It's like, even though I'm like, I'm doing, I'm doing my, you know, regular Babylonian slave labor, uh, wage slave, slave job, um, which is great. You know, I don't have a problem with it, but at the same time, it's like, I feel more productive and passionate about what I'm doing right now with you right here. You right, know? right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if this could be a job, then I'd, I would feel much more like much greater content, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with what I have now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't feel that the Crohn's is uh, alleviating at all. Actually, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too, too bad, but there's still something there and I can't put my finger on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. However, this should not be a self-help uh, episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's interesting to talk about for, for the audience too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I find the topic interesting and I've like, uh, it's not the only thing I find interesting, you know, <laughs> but uh, I have, I had had some experiences with s- sort of some mind-blowing stuff, you know. I'll tell you a story that I've told on another podcast, but it'll sort of drive the point home and then we can move on to something else if you want. How's, how's that? Sure. Yeah. So um, uh, it, it's a pretty big story, but I'm going to encapsulate it down into just this topic, this mind body connection thing. So my mother died and it was, you know, uh, 20 years ago, it's been a long time, but it was the first death that I'd ever had that, well, your mother dies. It's a big deal, you know? And um, sure. I just uh, could not cope with it. And my daughters were little. My son wasn't born yet, but my daughters were young. And and I was just, um, it, it was very rough. And, you know, that like I had had some precognitive um, indication that she was going to and nobody else thought she was going to. And then she ended up, so I was kind of in this half in this world and half out with all and- experiences. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I will say if you guys want to hear this in more detail, then go check out Upstate and Conventional because, uh, yeah, you you pointed out a lot more there, right? Yeah, I did. We kind of yeah. did a deeper dive on it, and I and I did tell at least uh, you know this part too because we talked about the mind body. Um, th- this was the like the time that I it re- I really drove it home for me. So anyway. To say that I was in d- deep grief was is an understatement, but what I had done, which was also what got me um, more interested in mediumship, is uh, through the, this very mysterious and very interesting set of circumstances, I found a medium, <coughs> and um, the, it was the second session I'd had with this medium, and um, I was very much looking forward to talking to her again because the, the first session was just mind-blowing, and so I was getting ready to talk to her and I, w- I had caught a, a um, I'd had a cold and then I'd gotten a sinus infection. And so this was back in the day that like I was willing to just go take a pill for anything. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, God bless it. I am getting a sinus infection because like my face hurt and it like it killed me to lean over and stuff. And, and I was like, you know what? I know I have some. And it was like I would get this quote summer cold every year. And, and I was oh, like, yeah. I know what that's. Yeah, right. It was like every year, same time or whatever. And but then this one, I I knew that it moved into a sinus infection, so I went to the medicine cabinet, and um, and because I was like, I'm gonna see if there's some amoxicillin from last whatever I had, and 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 this was right before the call. It was like an hour before the call with this with this medium, and um, and I go, and I I pull the you know what was left of this last 
uh, antibiotic out. And I was like, whoa, it, and this was on July 16th. And I look at the date on my uh, prescription bottle and it was July 16th the year before. And I was like, whoa, what a weird oh, shit. Right? Like, I was like, damn, that's odd. And so, you know, I did my thing, get on the call with her. And right away, she says, um, like, I'm thinking the reading's going to be a lot like the last reading. Like, we were going to get more confirmation that it's my mom and like uh, all this validation. And I was going to, it was going to be a feel good one. Right. And so she, right away, she gets on the phone and um, she, go, she goes up. She goes, do you, have, do you have a sister? You know, I go, yeah, yeah, I have two. And she's like, okay. And she's like, she's like one, one is like more blonde. Right. And, and um, I said, yep, that's right. You know, I'm like, why do you, why are we talking about her? Cause I'd had a, a strange relationship with this sister, but she was my favorite, favorite sister growing up. And um, she just dives right into this whole scenario. And she goes, she goes, okay, well, she goes, was her sister taken away? And, you know, I was like, well, yeah, she was actually. And she goes, yeah, like you were little and she got taken away in the night. Right. And I, and I had kind of forgotten that, but as soon as she said it, I was like, yeah, she was taken away. And she goes, she goes, okay. She got taken away to go stay with like an aunt and uncle. Right. And I'm like, holy cow. Yes. And she goes, and then she, and then she pulls out of her ass, this aunt and uncle's names. I mean, first names i'm like oh my to god to a t yeah to a t and my aunt's name was not uh, her her my aunt's name was emmy but she goes okay your aunt's name is like omi or something i'm like oh my god like yes and and she goes he your uncle was not a good dude right and i'm like no he really wasn't and she she's like well your mom is saying that you know the trauma from you know essentially your sister abandoning you, you know, being taken away that my sister was having some fairly serious drug issues. And they thought if they got her out of town and shipped her off to the uncle, that that would be, um, you know, that would help her out. But it turns out probably worse. this, um, yeah, this uncle, not a good dude. Um, and, you know, uh, did some bad stuff to her and she went even farther down in a hole and never recovered. You know, that's, we were only estranged because, not of any falling out, but because, you know, she became a heroin addict and lived on the street and all oh managed my drama, like very dramatic stuff. So How old was she? At the time that she was taken away was, she was probably um, early twenties, early to mid twenties. And, and granted she was having a heart, you know, she was doing some dark, long it's a it's a very long story her father all of my older siblings they were all half siblings and their father killed himself before i was born because then my dad came and saved the day essentially so none of them really they all three had a very rough life as a result of this you know defining tragedy including my mom right um anyway you know this medium goes you know she's like well your mom wants to apologize for how she handled that and and, you know, is very sorry, but also wants you to understand that, that there's like ailment, uh, it, this repressed trauma might cause some sort of ailment. And then the medium knew, she's like, are, do you have a cold right now? Like, are you sick? You know, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, she goes, well, this date is, is 
specific, like there's something important about this, the day, like this time, mid July. Right. And so I'm like, holy shit. Today's that uncle's birthday. And oh so, then, right. The and same so, date on, on the uh, prescription and the date that was on the prescription. And so oh, then, shit. you know, I, all of a sudden, and so during the same reading, she's like, your mom wants to talk about the mind body connection. Like, be very aware of that. Like, go back and, and for, you know, do what you can to forgive that uncle and go back and forgive yourself for there was nothing you could do, et cetera. It was very deep. It was very like therapeutic, right? She's like, well, she's still, and then, and then she goes, and then your mom wants to talk about a time that you went on a boat. And so I was like, yeah, one time we went on a sailboat and, and I got seasick and you, and you know, the medium's like, well, your mom's saying that she wasn't very like, she wasn't very, um, you know, compassionate for you being seasick. And I'm like, no, she wasn't. I was super pissed. You know, I was really seasick. And, you know, my mom was just having a good time. I'm like, oh, damn it. Now, now we got to go in because the kid's sick or whatever. But, and she wasn't very nurturing, but I was just a kid and I was, I felt terrible. And I had subconsciously, you know, repressed this, I guess, trauma, right? So the way that that meant- As, as small it may have seemed- as small as it may have seemed, I, in my subconscious, I, 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 I got I got seasick if I sat in the back of a car or at the movie theater. Like I I would get motion sickness so easily, and so yeah. So the medium was like, you know, your mom is she wants you to forgive her for that, and but also you know keep in mind the mind body connection. And so after the after the reading, I, I did some meditation, and I you know went back and I forgave my mother and I forgave myself and I did this whole thing. So those two events that she, the medium, my mother wanted to point out this mind body connection. I've never had another sinus infection infection and I don't get motion sickness anymore. So as a result, right. So, so, uh, you know, like I told Nico the story, you know, and because it's a perfect example of what I was trying to explain is like, it's, it could be as little as someone not being um, compassionate towards you that you sort of repress it and think that you deserve to be sick or something of that nature. We don't know what it is until we dig it out, you know? And right, right, right. Yeah. It does kind it's of seem like, that, like sticks in like, your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> sticks in your mind that you, that you fool yourself into believing that like uh, you deserve what you get. Exactly. And so your body, your body knows it all though. Your body, your body is smart. You know, it's got the wisdom, you know, there's books written on this, you know, wisdom of the body and stuff and how it talks to you in the ways it does. And so, you know, the other odd thing, well, the whole thing is odd or maybe it's normal and we think, you know, we're programmed to think it's odd. Maybe this is just, you know, this is how it really is. And we, we're, we are told that it's woo or, you know, the other, uh, coincidence though or thing what with this is possibly connected to some sort of retro causality but many years later um 20 well over 20 years later um 30 years later actually now that i'm counting um my dad died on the same day on july 16th you know so was i on some level manifesting an illness for a future trauma and grief you know, I don't know, because I don't know how time, we don't know how time works. We don't know, 
the layer, you know, is there even time and are, is dates important or places that the sun is in the sky or et cetera. So I don't know if you followed me down that train of thought, but you know, that date still, you know, significant years ago and then significant again. And also, but me being much more aware of um, processing trauma and not allowing it to settle in the body, if that makes sense. So Anyway. No, it makes sense, but um, at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you, you say that like maybe dates are not important, but I think the elites of they definitely think that dates are important, right? Yeah. But but at the same time, you got to look at it that they're the ones that constructed this time. The, the, <laughs> right. You know I, mean? I do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe everything that uh, you associate with the timeline or the, the dates is just a construct in your own mind. Right. So once you can destroy that construct, you can destroy the illnesses within your body. Holy shit. I don't know. That's something yeah. to think about. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a mind bender, but also um, it's an interesting path to go down. You know, like if we all are just stardust, how are we not connected? You know, the meat suit is also stardust, you know, like it's, you know, what I'm saying, like, um, you know, we're all just carbon based and <coughs> what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> like why <sighs> there's so many mysteries, you know, and, um, I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, I told a friend, I, I, I was telling my friend the other day, like, <clears throat> I got to tickle my throat, sorry. Anyway, um, I was telling him that I have a friend and he's a Freemason and he said, dude, the way that you think, I could initiate, I could get you initiated within like a few months. <laughs> right? And I said, I said, I'm okay, you know? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, I just want to be me. I don't want to join a club. I don't want to join a cult. Uh, I, I don't want the quote unquote mysteries of the universe to be revealed to me because of the fact that I'm joining a club with other people, you know? Well, like clubs can always be corrupted, right? Somebody in their power trip. Yeah, if it's a collection of people that just want to like, like this podcast community, the listeners, the guests, the, you know, the, the hosts and stuff, just tossing ideas around and trying to, you know, that's all it is. Just trying to figure it out. Sure. Right. But if each other, you know, you know, if you got to go lay in a coffin under some sort, you know, like, (laughs) and, and then there's this goat's throat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's where it's, you know, I'm not down. I'm not a ritual guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah same. I'm not about to go perform a, a ritual in order to get secrets revealed. That's not in my nature. Uh, but what is in my nature, and I think everybody else's nature, is to try to figure out those secrets on their own. And then once you try, once you start revealing that to other people, other people are like, "Hey, dude, you want to join my club? I can reveal more secrets to you." You know. Yeah. And why does it have to be that way? Just tell me the secrets, fool. You know, like, (laughs) why do you got to hang on to the sacred knowledge and not, you know, like where, I don't know. That's the part that pisses me off about that. Like, what is, 
you know, because you're willing to uh, do something crazy so that so that others have something on you so that they can control you. I'm not down with that, you know. Like, but I'm also not down with um, people saying that all Freemasons are fucking scum or evil because I have this friend and I love him to death and it's like, I know he's not evil, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to figure shit out like the rest of us. Right. Just took it to the next level. Right. He took it upon himself to research and made the, the, the decision to join the Freemasons. And I'm like, right. cool, man. You know? Uh-huh. But well, I do have I'm a little story, a little, <laughs> little story that I have not said before that I've always been curious about. And the more that I sort of listen to more esoteric type top topics and, you know, especially secret society stuff, I've always been a, a, a fairly um, avid conspiracy theorist, <laughs> just have um, for various reasons, you know, and from a young age. But uh, so I found out when my dad, so my dad passed away in 09 and when he started to get to the end of his life is when he started telling stories. Like he was, um, he was uh, a great man, World War II. And um, actually his war um, career was very interesting. Like he ended up um, after the war, he ended up um, living on Herman Goering's property for a year to secure the property, him and his captain. And Oh, like, no way. Oh yeah, yeah, and he like That's he wild. Landed, landed at Anzio and um, marched into Auschwitz. Like he had a very big career. At, at, anyway, um, that's a, just a sidebar. Um, but even back, but back then, he probably wouldn't even realize it. You know what I mean? Oh no, no, of course not. But it's he just did, he's just doing his job. Right? He did keep a diary, <laughs> which they weren't supposed to keep diaries. So I have his diary. I have the original, and it's. It, it's pretty insane like for war people that are into world war ii and stuff and he had me late in life so um you know people my age it's usually their grandfathers that were in world war ii but but um so towards the end of his life he started telling some of his stories because he really like a lot of that i didn't know until you know he was much older and he he then got invited to um go and stay on his grandfather's uh farm where he grew up in new jersey and um uh, in the franklin township if you know new jersey at all um and the farmhouse that he grew up in was one of the stone you know the uh, stone farmhouses there's like a registry of them that were built um uh, during the Revolutionary War and just after. And so this one is registered. And so it was, it was like a really big deal for him to kind of grow up in this really bitchin' 96 acre farm. And so sure. it, was, it was his grandfather's farm. And so his grandfather and him and his mother lived on this farm. And so the historian for the area you know, found my dad and said, you know, hey, I'm writing a book about the area. And if you want to come out and stay at your grandfather's farm, you know, you're invited. And so at the time, I think my dad was 80. And so, you know, he said, you know, can I bring my daughter? And so he brought me and, and I brought my daughter. And it was like a really cool thing. On this trip, he divulged to me that his grandfather founded the Masonic Lodge of Jersey City. 
And so I I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh. I, like you should have told me that, but he didn't really think that I might be or, or understand anything about why it might be interesting to me. But, and he came from Scotland. So, you know, it was a Scottish right Masonic Lodge and I've tried to Google it and look it up and there's nothing about it. I'd, I'd have to find, maybe go. Yeah, that shit's, that shit's hard to find. Hard to find, I get, I get <clears throat> what he tells me though. And also not like in any way trying to like impress me. Like he wasn't that kind of guy in the first place, but when he told me, I was like, holy shit, wow, really? You know? And so um, uh, uh, when I met the lady that owned the farm now, you know, we were walking the property. And so she, she pulls me aside and she goes, Hey, I want to show you something. And it was just me. And I walk over and she pulls back this Ivy on this wall down by like the back, you know, like this other back lower entrance. And for sure there was like this, this bronze or yeah, bronze Masonic plaque down there. And then she gave me a significant glance and I was so caught off guard. I was like, whoa, you know, like, like look at our secret passage. Look at, yeah. And she was a bit of a mysterious lady anyway. <laughs> um, but so the other more odd thing or um, more I guess metaphysical thing about this is, um, and this is the part that I like, I, this is a mystery to me. I don't know if it's connected. I don't know if it's not. So I had had, so that, um, grandfather's first name was Daniel. And so I'd had some dreams and this sort of lucid dream about someone named Danny talking to me. And I didn't put it together until way later in life that there was this sort of more out of, you know, out of the physical connection to this um, Danny sort of character. And um, one of my, I had, I had imaginary quote, imaginary childhood friends. Uh, and I believe that they were real. And one of them, you know, there was two of them and I called them Dean D and Dondi. And I think one of them, I was trying to say Danny because I was very young. So just some, <coughs> oh, yeah, I think I remember you uh, talking about that. Yeah. I think there's a relationship there. I don't know for sure. It's just very interesting between, you know, I'm, I, I think the, you know, ancestor descendant uh, bond is very um, sacred and shamanic really. Um, so then the, but then the last little crazy thing about, um, that, and I, I, I'm not saying, I think this is connected, but this is, uh, the truth. Um, the house I grew up in, um, when, when I was fairly young, like 10, um, I, I used to get this mail from this Amorc association and I would open it and I didn't know what it was. And then, but it would come like every month. And I, I didn't really put it together until I was much older. I don't know why it was coming to my name, uh, you know, addressed to me. And my, my mother, like, pulled me aside once. She's like, you get these this mail all the time. Who's this from, you know? And so I was like, what, well, What's I, in it? What's in it, though? Uh, well, it's the acronym for uh, the Rosicrucian Society. <laughs> and so I don't know why I was getting that. I, I never necessarily pursued it, per se. Like, and then when we moved... I, I, the, the mail was not forwarded, but this was, you know, like the house I grew up in. So is it related? I don't know, but I, you know, later I'd be like, oh, you know, I'd come across, you know, stuff, Rosicrucian stuff. And, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I used to get that, that mail from them all the time. And, you know, nothing weird, nothing 
bizarre ever. But then I had so much bizarre stuff happen to me, you know, like, is that somehow related on some sort of energetic level? Like many paranormal experiences and all kinds of, you know, night terrors and, you know, out-of-body experiences, lucid dreams, like I had said before, UFO, dramatic UFO experience and other stuff, you know. Holy so, shit, okay. Have you seen Rosemary's Baby? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I just watched okay. it again recently. Uh, me too. <laughs> I love that movie so much, but it sounds uh, yeah. like that's what, they're, like, they're raising you to be the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Maybe, you know what? That's why, like, people that have integrity are so important to me. Like, yeah, I had, a, I had a friend tell a little white lie to me the other day. I'm like, why? Why did you just lie to me? Like, I'm not, I can't do that. Like, you know, not, not trying to be like, have a stick up my ass, but I, I just, oh my God. Just like you, that, you, that changes everything. You just lied to me. You know, there's people, there's people that I, I work with, uh, again, not mentioning any names, but they're, it's, it's the, the kind of like the, the archetype of somebody who uh, you will tell a story to, and it's a genuine story just to make them laugh or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then they will initially like right away, tell you a story that one ups yours. That's very <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that's good. And, and in my mind, I'm just thinking, yeah, that never happened. Yeah, no, a, a it never happened, and B you you probably didn't even hear me because you were trying to think of your story, you know, like exactly. uh, yeah, yeah, that drives me nuts. But um, and I tend to not necessarily seek out people like that because I, you know, there's not enough time in the day. Like I like talking to people like you, you know. Well, thank you. No, but seriously, like genuine, like I tell them a genuine story that actually happened to me, and, and they're like. Oh yeah, the rise of the time and blah 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 blah, and it's like very, like eighty five percent of his story is the same as mine with a little twist oh, on it. Oh, yeah, 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 nine, right? It's like, and I'm thinking, dude, that never fucking happened. Yeah, but I don't call him out on it. I just kind of humor him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you got to wonder if you join a secret society, do you just get to the meat of the issue instead of all that bullshit? You know? Right. Yeah. It's like, are all the secrets of the universe going to be revealed to me if I join this club? And they'll be like, yeah, they will. And then you join the club and it's like, I'm still in the same fucking boat. Still in the same boat <laughs> and I know more than you do. <laughs> it's crazy though. Like, oh my God. Okay, so you were mentioning earlier that you wanted to get, uh, were you finished with your story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, poltergeists. I want to know your experiences with that. I wear a t-shirt that says poltergeist, like the movie logo. And yeah. it says, uh, they know what you're thinking or something like that. They're here, you know? Uh, but I've always been fascinated with the other side, you know, like right. um, I've had experiences growing up, a few experiences uh, two on my own. You might have heard them. I, in my very first episode, I shared it. Uh, but uh, somebody else heard these voices with me, the third experience that I had. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, that's what really, like, planted the seed for, like, where I'm at now. Like, and, like, my journey of discovery of the spiritual, 
everything spiritual. So could you say that it was actually a gift? I think so. Yeah. Like I don't look at it uh, on a negative level at all. I look at it as uh, like, this is, uh, it, it, it happened to me for a purpose, you know? So if you never were programmed by any sort of media, whether it be books or, I mean, media comes at us everywhere, you know, if you were never told that it was something to be afraid of, do you think you would have had a natural fear? Or would I it, probably, would have- yeah, I probably would have like sat there and listened to it without being scared shitless and then running up to my uh, parents' bedroom and sleeping with them. Because <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it, same. It's, I mean, the, the experiences that I, I have had for sure scared the shit out of me. And I had been front loaded with that's the kind of thing you can't see it. So, you have to be afraid of it. And it's demonic and it's going to enter your body or it's going to kill you or any one of those, whatever, you know, like, um, but that, you know, the experiences, like now that I'm, on the other side of a lot of experiences, um, I, I tend to think that it's a, a lot more um, a teacher, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, and they, they come in a lot of different flavors, you know? And like, I for sure think the trickster spirit that messes with you, poltergeists are very trickster-ish. You know, I, I think if you've got, um, if you're, if you've got any proclivity, which I think we all do, we all just don't admit it, but if you've got any proclivity towards having, you know, um, you know, a pineal gland that is not calcified or, you know, if you, if you can. Yeah, good luck with that in this day and age, right? Well, yeah, which I also think is intentional, but if you, you've got any intuitive abilities or precog or, you know, any one of the, you know, the mystical stuff that, it happens to everybody unless you shut it down and you're too afraid um then you know then i think you're kind of you're being called to use that these other senses and so and if you've been programmed by a you know a culture or society or world that is trying to keep suppress that, down, that suppress it yeah then then um what, what better way than with fear you know like like monsters inc right <laughs> you know like yeah yeah just, scare the shit out of them for their, um, you know, their adrenaline for that electromagnetic release that something can feed on and get more energy. And I do think there is some of that going on. Um, but if the little stuff, smaller stuff, if you can overcome that, um, then you're stronger, you know, you're the one with the body. There was one, um, there was one, I haven't told this story before, but I thought of it the other day. I was, um, juicy. Let's go. Uh, I had had, uh, I was having a rough time, you know, as we do, we have rough times in our life. And those seem to be these times that we get picked or I got picked, picked on, you know, by other stuff and rough time in my life, just changes. And it was early twenties. Um, I might even still been in my teens, but anyway, um, uh, I was having all of these night terrors, nightmares, nightmares. I've always had, until I started doing ayahuasca, I, I've had night terrors a lot, at least monthly. And I was battling. It was like, I'd wake up and it'd been like this, this epic battle of light and dark. And I just, you know, sometimes I'd be screaming. Sometimes I'd try and run out of the house. But this particular time um, I woke up 
and I was sleeping on my stomach from a night terror. And I heard something from the closet say, we are Legion. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, Dude, you know, was that's it fucked. Mind? And I had never heard the phrase before. And then I looked it up and I was like, what? Like demonic shit. And, I, and so at the time I was scared shitless. Like I was, I was scared to go to sleep. I was, you know, I just had a hard time, you know? Yeah, that, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't no, be I'm too, not, uh, uh, not scared from that. <laughs> right, right. And, but what I have come to believe with, you know, all of the shamanic work and all, you know, the medicine work and stuff is, um, you know, being taken into these deep, dark, fearful realms. If, I'm, if you've ever spoken to anybody that does that particular kind of medicine or, you know, maybe um, Wachuma or, you know, Iboga or, you know, the really hardcore shamanic deep um, medicines, um, they can take you into some uh, horrific realms, right? And, you know, that's why some people are afraid to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to see hell. I don't want to go through that, blah, blah, blah. But I had done it enough times where I'd realized like, you know, after one experience in particular where I felt like I was in this hell realm for like a thousand years, that was my perception going through this, what some might call a bad trip. Um, you know, I finally, it, it was like uh, the helping spirits or uh, mother ayahuasca herself, or maybe it was my subconscious or my higher self, it doesn't matter who was somewhere. The idea came that, that, that it was all an illusion. And so with that, you know, I had this revelation, this epiphany. I went, oh my God, like, this is all inside me. This is yeah. all an illusion. And I can let it go at any time. And as soon as I let it go, it, it disappeared. And it disappeared not only in the shamanic realms, but it disappeared here too. Like, like, I, like if I'm watching a scary movie, I don't jump. I, I'm just not. No, like it, can't. it can't scare me anymore, you know, yeah. because I internalize this idea or this thought that fear is is uh, you know but an illusion so uh, so recently i'd had uh, this experience and um i had told um lehman dollins and and uh, ghost and nico about this because we had done this little um little round table thing of like a month or so ago and on the call it's the unconventionals right uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. on the call, I'd had, towards the end, I'd had this intense deja vu, and I hadn't had one in a really long time. I was like, whoa, even so much so that I was like, maybe it was a dream. Did I dream this like years ago or something? It was really weird. It was a weird time slip deja vu thing, and I, it seemed very significant. And so I was out of town for that. And then right when I got back into town, I'd had... Um, I, I was walking my dogs and I felt like this energy run up on me and it scared my dog and there was no one there. And I was like, well, something's fucking with me, you know, like, and I told them, I was like, something's going on. And then, you know, it was th like the very next night I was standing in my kitchen with my husband and I, I had dumped some ice in the sink and neither one of us were near the sink and there was no one else home and the kitchen is like all open. Right. So it's not like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Can you rewind for a couple seconds? Yeah. Okay, you were cutting out there. Oh, I was? Okay. Um, 
so in the kitchen. We were in the kitchen and my son wasn't home and I had dumped some ice in the sink and neither one of us were by the sink. My husband though was facing the sink, but like six feet away. And I was like in the, uh, you know, uh, other direction, sort of like six feet away. And we were just talking about whatever. And then all of a sudden I, I see like at my close peripheral, one of the ice cubes fall from the ceiling. And, but my husband was facing it directly and he's like super normie guy. And he goes, how did that ice cube just fall from the ceiling? <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, like absolutely no fear. He didn't have any fear, but the ice cube fell from the ceiling. Right. And so then I like, you know, talk, and I've talked to, you know, mentioned this to Nico a few times is like his, like his politicians that like mess with him. Like, I'm just wondering if it's, I'm starting to believe and think that there's nothing to be afraid of. There's just this sort of energy field. You start talking about it. It talks back in, in the way of the trickster because it wants to teach you. It like, wants you to get over your like, how, like how Sam Tripoli says, if you stare into the abyss long enough, it stares back at you. Absolutely. Yeah. And Terrence McKenna, <laughs> you know, like that, that's the thing is, but you, if, if you've been programmed by, you know, the Catholic church and this is demonic and even things like bringing up um, Rosemary's baby, like, like it, that is, was that implanted in our culture by Polanski and, and his right. who right. shit out of everybody. So if you start having these experiences, we don't want you sort of come into the party. We got to keep you afraid and it's your, you know, Babylonian slave job. <laughs> right? Yeah. You start waking up, it you know, what are we going to do with you then? Yeah, mm-hmm. if we're all supposed to be a part of them or not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just waking yeah. up to everything, you know? Like, everything. black magic rituals and everything. Like, are we supposed to be doing that? Well, or so are they doing the that to control us? Like, yeah. it's, it's a fine line between fact and fiction, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it is all about your intent. You know, if you want to mess with black stuff, you know, be ready for what comes back at you. And sure. You know, I believe if, if you think you're a strong enough magician and you need to fight dark with dark, you know, I know someone that tried to do some of that and, and, um, you know, it comes oh, back to haunt you, does it not? I, I think it does. I think, I think it does. And if, you know, um, it's all about your intent, whether you're going out to get the mail <laughs> or you're, in the shamanic realms or if you're trying to heal somebody or something if your intent is of, of the light then that's what you'll attract that i do believe that you know so um you know and I i've don't always, I've always been a light guy as much as i love horror movies and stuff like that like right. i'm a huge horror buff like i love horror movies i love shitty like b movies <laughs> like i just love art in general art form, to, yeah right so yeah. But at the same time, when I go about my daily life, I just want to, I just want to love people and I want to do things for them and this and that, you know? Right. I, I like, this is somebody, somebody told me a long time ago on Facebook, this is Facebook post. And uh, they said, I think that um, <clears throat> horror movies are there to exercise our fear. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I really thought hard about that. I'm like, yeah, dude, because I went through, I went through this Bible believing period of my life, 
and I tried to like get rid of all this stuff in my life. And then I watched a horror movie and I got scared shitless. <laughs> right. But right. if I, if I kept watching horror movies after that, I was okay with it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, like, yeah. I definitely believe that the horror, the horror that people put out there that's fake is definitely there to like exercise our fears so that if we encounter it in our daily life, we will be able to handle it a lot better. Yeah. And perhaps that's what nightmares are too. Right. Cause we, you know, what are nightmare? What are, what is that? And, you know, having talked about night terrors and I think a lot of the people that participate in this kind of community of know what that is have experienced that whether it's like sleep paralysis or nobody can tell me that sleep paralysis is just something my body's doing like stop it you know like and anybody right. had one is like no that you know you know the succubi right the succubus is like dude the succubus experience i had was undeniable like it was yeah. like completely vivid and it was like this is the this is where i was like you know going porn free masturbation free and that's when it attacked me crazy you know and if somebody tried to tell you oh that's just the you know the addlings of your sick mind you know then you're like you know different you know you right know what a psychic attack is you know and but also you know the beneficial part of that is now you recognize it for what it is and you know how to battle it or, exactly or learning how you know and it's you know maybe all of this is just this epic battle of well when i try when i try to battle it by going completely abstinent and not masturbating or anything that's when it really attacks you and that's when you get those vivid dreams so the point mm -hmm. point being is that you probably have to balance it out so that you're not bothered too much by either side yeah sexual energy is very powerful very is very powerful you know and that's well i also have a theory is you know the whole porn industry came along so that you know it would distract people from actually using you know profound um sexual energy in a in a creative way you know like talk about brainwashing you know yeah definitely and, uh, stealing people's loosh like it's i don't i don't have a uh anti-porn mind uh i think but i definitely think you should balance yourself if you're into it you know what i mean like don't be looking at it like for like five hours fucking straight you know <laughs> yeah yeah well what you gotta do like if you're single like look at the people who can't have sex they have to have some kind of outlet right like yeah, say, say they're yeah, in a yeah. wheelchair or whatever right, right. Um, there's people that can't have sex but they have to have that sexual outlet right right so yeah. porn helps that you know what i mean i'm not gonna say oh. no porn is the devil you know no there's, there's got to be a fucking balance with it you can't just yeah. you can't keep looking at it all the fucking time because that's going to destroy you, right? Well, it's I like think anything. There's a, a difference between erotica and porn, right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Because it generally, you know, 
porn and i don't know anymore it it in the in its you know inception it was very objectifying you know so if if you know there's um you know if there's a mindset that you've been raised with that like that's the only way that you can get off or women have to look a certain way or men have to look a certain way and you know the uh, uh, the uh, the object of what is the objectification and the pursuit of what the new trend is of what is like thought of as sexy like that's some Tavistock Institute shit going on. Yeah, you know? That is that's where it becomes out of balance, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. So and then you know if you know because like we've all known people that you know can't are addicted to it, you know, uh-huh. and and that don't can't, can't even see real people as real people, you know. And I, I I've mostly witnessed it with um, guy friends through the years. Where, well, that's you know, because men are more visual. More visual, and like, I've had friends that were strippers and stuff, and you know, like that was for sure a time where a good portion of my friends were dope dealers and strippers. You know, like just, yeah, that was a time. You know, <laughs> but yeah. um, but it it became sad and scary. You know, these friends of mine became objectified, and some of them never did get married because they were just like grossed out on men because they saw a side that was very you know it's just a dark it's you know i also think there's some sort of dark energy that hangs out and everybody's walked into a dive bar and just been like ew like this place has got some low vibration right and i i just happen to think that that's uh intentional you know the creation of that is intentional yeah so, i know, think so response to your comment about that how there it's helpful for some I, I would classify that as something else, you know, erotica is great, you know, hot books or, you know, uh, movies that are uh, intensely erotic or your artwork, like, cool, you know, it's well, not objectifying anybody. It, it, and, yeah, know? for sure. Natural thing to display, right? Right. Because yeah, totally. you can't hide your body all the time and expect for there not to be a balance, you know what I mean? Like, um, there's something I was going to say, I kind of forget, but, uh, uh, you know, like if you're, uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. I kind of had a brain fart. (laughs) (laughs) Brains fart too. (laughs) Um, so I think what I was going to say was that growing up, I was, uh, I was exposed to a lot of um you know pornography and this and that um because i had like three older brothers and a sister right they're all older i'm the youngest and so growing up and realizing that you know kind of being addicted to it but then realizing you got to balance it out it's a fucking difficult thing you know it's Mm -hmm. really difficult um and and there's people out there also it, it's not even pornography, but the fact that they're just trying to go out and get laid. That's their whole fucking objective in life is to get laid. Right, it, right. It's like, Have dude. Have programmed to yeah, do you know? And here I am, like, you know, like a former addict of pornography or still a current addict, but, you know, trying to balance it out but still having, still having that desire to connect with somebody on a deeper level 
and have that spiritual connection and then the sexual aspect on top of it <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's oh really yeah difficult. i do Very difficult I do know what you mean i think well you know if 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 you know because we've talked a lot about like our pro programming what are we programmed for fear are we programmed for that like how what what is what is it that we're trying to get from you know uh maybe a sex addiction or something that's clearly trying to fill a hole uh, where there's something else missing and then yeah. you know you know like oh here's the other thing is like you know the whole toxic masculinity thing that kind of goes along with that like which is semi-bullshit and semi-not well we because toxic our men comes have from been programmed to do that you know like by our culture right, so, right. and then now they're getting shamed for what they've been trained to do since you know middle school or whatever like I, so i do i do think that it's another virtue signaling bullshit piece of programming you know i, I do like um however like i'd had an ex I, I wanted to comment about an experience that i'd had so um i had this amazing shaman until he passed away and i'd learned so much mentored like way too much i learned like it's big loss in my life um but i guess i learned what i was supposed to from him right but one of the things that he was teaching uh, a group of us uh was about these plant dietas which is like you know, you commune with this a master plant from the Amazon. You have a restricted diet, and um, it 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 pairs well with ayahuasca journeys. But I was doing this whole initiation program with him, uh, and it's also when you do a dieta or previous to doing ayahuasca, you need to abstain from any kind of sex, and definitely, you know, it's best to not even get aroused, but definitely not, you know, climax in any way. And the the reasoning is that. Um, because it's the the medicine is such a uh, mind and body expanding chakra opening experience it's to conserve energy that uh, psychic energy and so you know it just it you do better with the medicine right so but and, and where sex is so powerful on an energetic level totally yeah yeah so it's just kind of a you know no matter who you sit with with uh, ayahuasca? It's you, you. You'll be told like abstain from sex for you know some say a week, some say a month, some say three days, whatever. They're just it's you're told by the however oh, long it takes you to store up another batch of sperm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be, could be, uh, or you know, like just give that side of because of your life a break while you focus on this pineal gland stuff. You know. Um, Anyway, I was doing this fairly long initiation dieta where, you know, it was for three, a three month dieta, very restricted diet, um, you know, restrict even what you watch on television because you're trying to commune with this plant. Right. And then no sex. And uh, my husband and I were fairly newly married and we had quite the relationship going. Right. Uh, very physical and all this stuff. But I did it. And so, he, you know, my husband, sweet as he is, he's like, OK, I'm going to do the dieta, too. You know, he knew my shaman really well and sat with the medicine a few times. And he was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do do it. You know. And so it got to be um, this thing was three months long. Right. And we got to be uh, probably somewhere deep in month two. And you know, we were just newly married. So it was very distracting not to be able to have sex and we're very attracted to each other and the whole thing. Right. 
But, you know, we both... Oh, God damn, I'm going to fucking roll you right now, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It was rough. I've never quite had an experience like it. You could even call it... I've never practiced Tantra, but it, I could see where that comes from. And with this deep... Uh, 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 stressful but also interesting energy that accumulates and builds up right when you're so, when you're abstaining when you're abstaining yeah like yeah I, I never had a reason to it was just like why would i do that like yeah, it's what fuck. I'm, I'm in a <laughs> no relationship and i'm attracted to my partner and the whole thing like yeah let's fuck right um, yeah. but in this case you know and also you know doing a lot of ayahuasca in there we were doing it every weekend through this dieta and anyway we got to one night where I was like, oh, dude, we are not going to be able to get through this night without, you know, because <laughs> it was a long time, right? But we're both people of, in like, we made a vow, we made a commitment, we're doing this. And so we laid in bed and held hands and that's it. And it was probably the most intimate time I've ever had with anybody Isn't that beautiful? in my entire life. And so I Isn't went- Isn't that fucking beautiful when you can like- Yes. And I so, don't know what that's like, but I can imagine it. Well, so my shaman, you know, I was, I told him about everything. I was like, whoa, we almost didn't make it through, you know, last night or whatever. And he goes, well, what did you learn? And I, I learned sex is sacred, you know, it is communing with another human being. It really is, is absolutely sacred. And our culture has uh, completely uh, obliterated all all oh, yeah. out of it we've we've sucked all the all the real life all the real energy out of it so not trying to sound like um you know sanctimonious or preachy or anything or like that bunker or something like that yeah i don't mean that I get, like, I get it i totally get it it was quite the experience though um we my husband will never forget it and we were we are so much closer because of that you know it's not just a you know an easy fuck or you know because everybody's made love to somebody and we know it's a much deeper experience you know like uh, and maybe some haven't you know that's the sad part is like there's a whole other energetic level and then you know i do have my theories about you know the sex magic and you know with the orgasm and and the creative the, the actual creation of things that are in the material whether it's children or new ideas or you know you know, I had three children myself and, you know, not to get way too personal, but those pregnancies happened when both me and my partner climaxed simultaneously. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's a baby coming, you know, like, yeah. like, right. So I didn't know we were going to talk about this. But yeah, when you have a simultaneous orgasm, and th that means something, you know, it means something. Yeah. Because yeah, that why doesn't do we even have why do women have orgasms in the first place? Like what the fuck right? is that all about? You know, like it's, there's no science there. It's just magic. Right. Like, you know, so, and, and then we've all, you know, everybody, anybody that's had, um, you know, been with a woman that climaxes, it, it's electricity, you know, like when men climax, it's, there's a physical sort of um, product. Right. But there isn't, you know, with women, it's the, yeah, it's called it's called it's called wiener wine. <laughs> <laughs> or baby batter. 
<laughs> baby powder. Yeah, I used to have a friend that would just call it, you know, a salt malt facial. Hey, hey a salt malt facial. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, like I, I was talking to a friend tonight uh, on Instagram, just texting her and whatnot. And we were talking about like, uh, you know, like the physical the physicalities of men and women together and she told me that sex doesn't really matter anyway because she's like it's not that good anyway i'm like i said well that's debatable right because <laughs> i said i've had good sex bad sex horrible sex and sex that made me think that my soul was coming out of the end of my dick <laughs> right <laughs> and that's the good kind right <laughs> And it's crazy because like, like I've, I've had uh, an experience where I was, I wanted to get with this girl for a long time since I was like 14. Next thing I know, I'm 30. We finally get together. And then uh, I feel like I'm, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, eating out a corpse. Oh wow! There's no response. It's wooden. There's nothing. There's no communication, and I couldn't even get hard. And I'm like, Oh wow! This is not. This is not for me. You know? Whoa! <laughs> yeah! Whoa! Yeah! Well, Crazy. chemistry, right? I mean, yeah. Like you thought the chemistry was there based on something else, and then, I mean, I think we've all also had the experience where you're just like with someone you've got chemistry and you're like you know like i don't know i don't know pheromones you know <laughs> i guess I don't, some people are just shitty in bed so you know <laughs> but i think i think maybe she wanted me to like take control and it's like i'm not like that i just want oh. i want i want it to be mutual you know what i mean and there's none of that it's like okay i guess this wasn't meant to be Oh, wow. Even 16 years in the making, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, sounds like some fear or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. What but is sex is a very difficult thing to uh, really break down because, like, a lot of guys don't think it is because they just want to get their dick wet. And it's like, that's not me. You know what I mean? I, I want, like, a nice spiritual uh mental connection before i have sex with anybody i can't just go and do it you know what i mean yeah uh yeah and that i, I think that's a i think I'm, I'm, i don't want to like float my boat or goat or whatever but uh that's not who i am and i'm looking for something greater than just get my dick wet you know what i mean and that's hard a lot of guys don't think that way they just want to get the dick wet and i don't understand their mentality like i do but i don't at the same time you know well it's also couldn't be related to a maturity thing you know um but not always you know like um but you know especially if depending on how what your uh what your personal chemistry is like like guys are just they're pre-programmed to you know spread the seed right and then women are pre-programmed to find the provider so that they can care for the children you know right 
and then they both get a bad label like you just want to fuck anything that walks well you're a gold digger you know but both are coming from a a, you know fizzy or a a biological mandate you know so for sure like i often hear that women are more horny than men are and i'm like i don't know you know well don't they say that like men reach their peak at 18 and women at 40 you know so that's what they say yeah and you know me personally 43 now uh, i'll be 43 next month as i said before but i'm still like always horny but i don't want to fucking just put it in anybody you know what i mean (laughs) as much as as like look at other women i'm like oh my fucking god you know what i mean it's like i i need that fucking deep connection before i do that you know, well, it's kind of like, you know, wanting a filet mignon and having to have a piece of dry toast, you know, like, um, you know, they're just different experiences, you know? Yeah. So, wow. I didn't think we were going to talk about sex, Davey. That's so funny. <laughs> it's holy shit. Yeah. Like we were talking about that for Classic. a long time. <laughs> we went from like, uh, deep seated family history to poltergeist to fucking sex. Locked <laughs> up as it does, right? <laughs> Ever, you know. That's what my show is all about. It's like whatever comes, you know. Yeah, no. I'm not, yeah, I'm not coming right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to keep it always lighthearted, you know, like because everybody has their own experiences and everything, and I just love hearing them. And uh, it could get as deep as you want, you know. No pun intended. Yeah. yeah uh, well, I mean that is part of the part of the story you know it like especially when like i'm curious when i hear about people talking about manifesting things with you know sex magic and stuff and is it dark is it not is it what's their intent you know like um yeah i don't know it's it's wild i mean it's something that we do for a reason and i don't think it's just reproduction you know no it can't be like i think oh wait is it only humans and dolphins are the species on the entire planet that have sex for pleasure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's that, that's where it gets like difficult to process because it's like, yeah, I want to have sex for pleasure, but at the same time, I want to be like a good human being too. I don't want to like, you know, uh, yeah. pick up a girl, have sex with her, and then disconnect with her immediately because I can't do that. It's just not on my nature. Right. But it is in a many, many fucking male uh, species nature to do that. Totally. And I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you got to give in to nature, right? Um, but well, you know, we're well, all for masturbation yeah. comes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a meme that I that I uh, shared with people uh, maybe last week. It said. <clears throat> masturbating will uh, 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 save you from many wrong decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's we're true. All, we're here for all the experiences, though, as long as, you know, you're with consenting adults. And that's, you know, the, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, I've got a good friend, you know, he's married now and stuff. And he's older and he's still like, he's going to be probably 60, you know, and still all he talks is about banging chicks, you know? <laughs> oh, that's like my oldest brother. 
you know <laughs> so my oldest brother is like that too but he he he's very spiritual aware as well okay see like i don't know i i can't i can't judge anybody or i can't come down on anybody like what makes you happy you know if that makes you happy and you're making other people happy like what what do it go for it like what do i you know what i mean like I, you know some sometimes though like if that's all somebody talks about and that's their, their motivation and they don't, you know, like, is that all that you have about you? That's interesting is how horny you are. Like, right. Beyond, and like, you know? How many chicks you fucked or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into listening to them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that's not where I am, you know? Right. And yeah. that's okay. I don't judge yeah. anybody. Just like you said, I don't judge a book. I don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, totally. uh, if they are into banging chicks, then I'll, I want to. I want to listen to their stories because I'm horny too. But yeah, I'm like, not tell, that, tell, you know? tell me about the redhead again. <laughs> yeah, right. Shit. Seriously, though, it's like I don't. I can't judge anybody because I'm. I'm guilty of doing uh, the wrong things myself too. I'm a sinner too, right? Yeah, right. And that's where the Bible comes in for me because I, I always go back to the Bible, like, like. I'm not like, I don't consider myself, I don't label myself a Christian, but I do believe that all holy books have their place. And uh, yeah, we are all in the same fucking boat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to go uh, do your thing, that's cool. But I'm going to try my hardest to cling to the morals that uh, the Bible tells me to, yeah. uh, aside from dashing a child's head on the rocks. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Bible interests me because, like, do you, all the different interpretations, right? So yeah. you know, if it's a guidebook, and if you can just kind of take it as a esoteric um, instruction book, you know, other than other interpretations you know you can take the direct knowledge from it because I, I do think that there's something deeply mystical about it you know oh for sure and things we can't even comprehend on our own mm -hmm. understanding right mm -hmm. yeah they you say uh, they say that the, the acronym for the bible is b-i-b-l-e right which is uh basic instructions before leaving earth oh wow <laughs> <clears throat> that before yeah no no that's cool oh, okay. yeah i heard that like back in the grade six and i was like whoa right but that's um cool. there's also the fact that uh the bible is uh, a confusion book where it confuses you because no sect in the church can agree upon one verse mm, right right so they call it the bible or babble which oh. means to confuse wow yeah right? I so, that either that's yeah, a lot cool. of, yeah, a lot of shit to the bible but i i tend to cling to it because even not being a, a christian or a, a churchgoer i just find there's a lot of truth in there but there's also a lot of confusion yeah 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 there is there is even if the if it's from one translation to another exactly know? yeah big time yeah but you know if you stick to the you know i've got a bible my dad's bible and all of jesus's words are in red you know 
Yeah. And um, stick to the red letters. And that's what he told me. He said, stick to the red letters. You're yeah. Right, you know. And they say, they also say, if you stick to the red letters, which is what Jesus said, then that's your, that's all you need to know about life. And that can, that can protect you at all costs with, within everything, including the laws that uh, the quote unquote antichrist has made. You can get around all the laws with Jesus' words. Yeah. Yeah. There's power in his name. Absolutely. I'm not a Christian either, but I certainly have a relationship with Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. So. um, That's, that's, that's a very hard thing for people to comprehend. Yeah, I know. If if you follow Jesus, then you're a Christian. Well, back in the day, they didn't have a Christian religion when Jesus was, had his followers. Right. So they just clung to what he was saying and they followed him. Uh, but it was, it was Paul, uh, arguably, that started the Christian religion. Right. Or, or uh, what's his name? Um, uh, you know, like the, uh, what do you call it? The Council of Nicaea. Yeah. Right? I... All that stuff. They turned all of that shit into a religion and they flip-flopped it into a paganized religion, which is what the Christians follow. So all the pagan stuff, all the dates are all paganism. Yeah, and, totally. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't necessarily. Um, I've been dis- very disillusioned with um, holidays. Like, like yeah, once you start waking Easter, up, yeah, all that shit is actually satanic. Yeah. (laughs) Well, satanic, to me, it's satanic in that it's a method of control, you know, a a mode of uh, controlling the masses, you know, it's it's, it's the, the, the dates, the Gregorian calendar, which we abide by now. It's not God's calendar according to the Bible anymore. Right. Yeah. Easter is uh, Ishtar worship. Uh, Christmas is uh, Saturnalia. It's all paganism, and uh, yeah, it's it's fucking wild. There's um, you know, there's a relationship between paganism and shamanism, right? You know, which is this is the way I look at it. Is uh, you know, uh, I'm attracted to shamanism as because all of the pagan and religious holidays are based on just the seasons right and you know the the turning of the um you know the planets and everything else so the The constellation right and you know which is all natural law natural laws we see it here on earth or in earth however you see it um and because you know the only constant is change we watch the natural world change from, you know, from the seasons, from, you know, uh, you know, various things that happen in the sky, the planets move around, you know, before we had people programming us, you know, we essentially were looking at the sky for um, answers and, you know, uh, what to do next, you know, how to heal, what to plant, you know, where to go, all of that kind of thing. So yep. to me, the natural world is actually the world of Christ and anything unnatural is antichrist, right? So if we're going to take a high, holy, shamanic 
holiday such as the winter solstice and we're going to turn it into something to program the people then to me that is antichrist you're going to pull them right out, out of nature you know you know instead of looking at you know the sun holding still in the sky for three days and then returning so that um you know we can the return of life you know the birds and the bees and the plants and everything begin to come back after that you know short or that that equinox where you know or not equinox but solstice where we have the longest night you know and the sun comes back to life and that kind of thing so that all is natural law to me and very of the light you know of creation things are recreated every year after we hit that high shamanic holy day uh, all the way until we get to the summer solstice which is the other one you know the the longest day of the year and we're right in the middle of all fertility and everything has come back and you know we're also taught through that that everything lives and has its time and then everything dies back and then starts over with rebirth right so is it you know that's the part for me is when i hear certain things like you know pagan religion religions are you know satanic and stuff I, yeah, sure. You know, I'm interested in it. Saturnalia and stuff. I think man has created that though. You know, uh, is there, you know, like when you look at Gnosticism, you know, is there Yaldabaoth and the, you know, the mass sort of chaotic um, creator? I don't know. I don't know about that. I've heard that. I've read that. I haven't experienced that myself though. You know, right. Same book. I know other people believe it, but you know, again, that's why I, sort of tend to lean towards shamanism because you are your own shaman. You are your own experience. Shamanism was more to paganism. Or the other way around, you know, the the point that I want to make is that uh, the elites have twisted all of these holidays into like a money-making scheme. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If you look at it. Okay. Okay. So we got, we got, um, Easter, right? And as soon as Easter is done, they start pumping out all the fucking Halloween shit. <laughs> I know. Right? And as soon as, as soon as how even midway in between Halloween shit is Christmas shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't it's like start selling you. I, I, honestly, I don't. I don't really subscribe to any of these holidays anymore. Because I know that it's just all a money-making scheme. Yeah, yeah. And when people don't see what I see, I'm just like, it's okay. I get it. I was there too. No, totally. Yeah, like Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> oh, that's like... Oh, my God. Uh, why? I can't see this shit yet, you know? Yeah, or even St. Patrick's Day. That's a dark one, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, here where I live people, in LA. People wish me, people wish me um, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day, happy Easter, happy Merry Christmas, uh, happy Halloween. I'm like, yeah, uh, okay, you know, yeah, it's cool. I'm okay. I'm not celebrating it though, you know. Yeah, like, but like have a good time. I don't know if you like. I, I love a Christmas Carol. You know that movie, and uh, you know Scrooge says, "Oh, it's just a." it's a reason to pick a man's pocket every 25th of December, <laughs> you know, like Scrooge. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But Honestly, Scrooge is my hero. 
yeah, he's pretty rad. I watch that movie every year. I love that story. Which one do you watch? I like the one with uh, George C. Scott. Okay, that's a good one. I, my favorite is Alistair Sim. Yeah, I like that one too. That one was yeah. my favorite But honestly, like I think I said this to Nico or someone else that I was talking to about how you know the scene where he wakes up the next day after the ghosts have um, visited him and he has his epiphany. Um, yeah, and then he becomes a part of the fucking celebration again, right? Part of the celebration, right? So that that's oh, that's my that's that's how I feel after um, oh. like ayahuasca journeys as i come back i'm like oh my god the spirits did it all in one night you know I'm, i see things as they really are you know like yeah so i don't know it's cool i've been watching that movie since i was a kid same with me with uh the alistair sim one um yeah i watch i try to watch it every christmas eve you yeah know, in yeah. the quote-unquote spirit but totally yeah yeah plus yeah. it's got ghosts you know yeah 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 it's it's pretty symbolic like there's a lot of esoteric stuff that is told through that story you know for sure yeah but we should all be happy all the time and we shouldn't be like making these days to be like a certain day to do something that you don't do on the regular yeah yeah you know what i mean i do and that's what they try to do it's like Oh, okay. So we're just gonna give gifts to people on Christmas. Yeah. How about you do like every now and then just to like show your devotion to people, you know? Yeah, be I think a deep, deeper message. And this is what I found, and I'm not trying to sound too like um God, uh I don't know like what I would sound like, but you know, I have, you know, because I'm a lot older than you, like I, I have found that like the secret to life is being in service to others <laughs> and i know you've everybody's heard it a million times but when you live a life like that everything changes you know? you're so right like even uh, if it's just all the little stuff, things yeah you know big stuff little stuff but you know when someone asks me to do something for them i'm like i'll be right there you know like yep with yeah. with uh, with bells on yeah right but i didn't always know that so i guess i want to point that out like i lived a lot of self-centered however you know kind of years you know and um, there's also uh things you got to watch out for for the people who take advantage of that attitude that you have yeah well boundaries are good too yeah yeah <laughs> boundaries are important you know yeah um but if you you know like if you surround yourself with good people um and that takes often a lifetime to figure out how to do you know because you need to punch yourself in your own face with other people's fists for a while. And, and then you don't, if, you know, if you keep working on it. For sure. So. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a good way to like, end this, uh, wrap it up. Uh, okay. Oh, um, what, what do you think your greatest hope for your humanity is right now? Um, greatest hope. Uh, you know, I think, um, Clarity um, is important for anyone's life. And so my, my, I guess my greatest prayer would be that humanity begins to see things as they really are, you know, begins to have clarity. You know, like I've, I think I've probably said the word programming on this show like 20 times. I'm really looking forward to people understanding the programming that we've been um, 
we've had thrust upon us and start waking up, you know? So that's my greatest hope is it, you know, as simple as it is that everyone continues to wake up because, um, you know, last couple of years have, have been the likes of <laughs> which nobody has seen, you know, there's been a massive, yeah, opening, you know, for so. sure. Um, it's, I feel like I've been um, awake almost my whole life because I'm not the type of person to go out and find a career and, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's just like, I've, 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 I already, I've already saw that the whole educational system was a facade ever since I was in like, you know, elementary school. Yeah. I mean, you know? me too, me too. Me too. So, um, it, you know, th this particular part of the waking up process is taking a little long for me. I'm top of my watch. I'm like, okay, <laughs> if this isn't yeah. waking you up, like, you know, come on, bro. Like, you know, but also at the same time, there's, I've seen people wake up uh, like a, the mass awakening and it, that's, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it it's is. really a beautiful thing to see. Uh, despite the fact that the people that are closest to you are still not awake. <laughs> it's still a good thing to see happening on a mass scale. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Whitney, thank you so much for coming on. I could yeah, I really appreciate this. Yeah, sorry, no. I talked over you. Say again. No, I, I was saying like I could probably like sit here for like three more hours, but because uh, yeah. I, I, I got to kind of go to sleep soon and then uh, get up for Babylonian slave labor tomorrow. Yeah, totally. Well, my husband just texted me and said he wants to take me out to eat and tomorrow. So you, oh, you should get to wrap it up right at the perfect time. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Uh, do you yeah. want to divulge how old you are or no? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's just say tomorrow I won't be 57 anymore. So, oh damn wow it's okay though. Oh, that's great i'll be 40 next month oh right okay okay are you a taurus i am yeah okay i love tauruses no wonder we get along so well i'm a stubborn bull yeah what day 18th i'm on the cusp okay nice well happy early birthday to you thank you well we'll be in touch anyway so don't yeah. worry yeah let's talk again davy okay Cool. Definitely. You have a good night and stay blessed. Okay. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Red Bill Cartel once again. Our beautiful cartel. We love you so much, don't we, Debbie? Yes, we do. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Whitney. Yes, Whitney is, uh, she's a fox, you know? She's, uh, she's a fox. And, uh, she really brought it to the table tonight, you know? Yeah, she brought it hardcore. Thank you so much for, uh, listening to this episode, uh, with Whitney, uh, and Debbie, and, uh, 
you know we uh, we always hope uh, you get something out of it and you like to share you like to share the uh, episode with your friends and family and uh, you know if they want to listen they can listen you know make a story on Instagram follow Davy on Instagram at Red Pill Cartel Podcast and uh, yeah also I know you like coffee you like coffee like Nigel right Yes, so, uh, you know, you like the coffee, you go to OwlCreekCoffee.com. You follow them on the uh, Instagram, Owl Creek Coffee Company. You butter your coffee, there's so many different kinds, so many different beautiful fragrant, fragrant flavors. Sorry, Nigel has trouble with that word, fragrant. Anyway, you, you buy your coffee and you go to the checkout. You put in the uh, promo code uh, CARTEL15. That's C-A-R-T-E-L-1-5. You get 15% off of that shit, you know. And all of the proceeds, 10% of the proceeds, go to those who are stricken with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So it's a very good cause. Do not find it's a very good cause, baby. Yes, Nigel. You're doing a good job, man. You're doing a good job with these commercials. Why, thank you, Debbie. This is what you hire me for. This is why you feed me, you know? Well, more than that. You're a good goat, so you deserve it. You're just doing your job. Yes, yes. Uh, Nigel is doing his job. Anyway, Cartel, if you go to the uh, Patreon.com, you like the show, you like the show, you like to listen, right? Uh, you like to listen, you put in uh, the Patreon.com uh, slash uh, Red Pill Cartel. Uh, it's in the show notes, you know, the show notes. You can help Davey make the show better by uh, giving your uh, contributions, you know, for a monthly basis. And uh, we make the show better. We make it sound better. We get a laptop. uh, We get the laptop. We get the microphone, you know. And if you want to join the Telegram, you can join the Telegram chat, you know. Anyway, give us some feedback. Give, Give Davey and Nigel some feedback on what's going on because we don't really know, you know. You don't communicate with us enough. So we want some more uh, feedback, you know, uh, drop a rating in the Apple, uh, the Apple uh, podcasts and uh, give us a review. Tell us what you think of the show. You know, uh, we're, we are uh, we are very good with the uh, uh, const- constructive criticism. Did I say that right, Davey? Yeah, you're, you're getting there. Don't worry. Yes, the constructive criticism. Anyway, thank you so much, Cartel. And Nigel and Davey, out.